Welcome to Married to Who, a podcast where a couple of couples watch Doctor Who for the very first time. My name is Jake. With me are Cody, Sam, Jill, and Alex. This week we're here to talk about The Haunting of Villa Diodati, written by Maxine Alderton, directed by Emma Sullivan, aired February 16th, 2020. And also Terry. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Terry's here too. <laughs> uh, all right, Tatters, what'd you think of this one? I really liked it. It was really well written. Everyone was super engaging. And it was just a wonderful horror movie to watch. Cody? Jake! Yeah? Look at me, Jake. I can't see you. Jake? We're not in the same place. Imagine. <laughs> We're on Wait, the internet. I, I FedEx you a picture of myself. It will arrive. I can go to my fridge. I have a picture of you at my fridge. Perfect. Go to the. Don't go to the fridge, but pretend you're going to the fridge and then look at me. Jake, this episode was fucking great. Sam? <laughs> it was proper spooky and a fun historical. I liked it. Jill? It was proper spoopy. Spoops. <laughs> it was good. I liked it a lot. I love Cyberman. I liked a lot of stuff about it. I thought our companions had a real nice story. There's lots of really good stuff. Alex. Yeah, it's like what everyone says. It was proper scary. It was historical. It was awesome. Uh, it was great. It's a great episode. Jake, what'd you think? Yeah, it's great. Uh, Sam, you hate Cybermen, so how do you feel about this one? They've gotten better since they don't do kerchunk kerchunks. Just that is all Cybermen. <laughs> he did to some kerchunking. Okay, he kerchunked a bit. But that was one hundred percent of what a Cyberman was before, and now they like have depth to their character, and they talk, and they are not just kerchunks. So. I'm off the Cyberman hate train. So you're saying if you give Cybermen emotion, they're a better character? <laughs> Weird. <laughs> I loved the half face. Yeah. That was yeah. amazing. And it I think and his that made arm. it Oh. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think that made it better too, so you can kind of like you can see the probably two sides of the Cybermen. But who is it? Do you think it's someone gave, we know? He gave a name. Oh. Yeah. His name's Ashad. Also known as Mr. Pink. <laughs> you, can, AKA. you can see his face. <laughs> like it's That's clearly I really not him. That we were supposed to recognize who it was for the longest time while watching the episode. Nah, they'd save that for some kind of reveal. Cyberman who? 
let's back off the Cyberman for a little bit because he really doesn't show up until quite late in the story. Yeah. So, uh, what'd y'all think of just like the kind of fake out of the haunted house and where, you know, it maybe seemed like this story was going? Loved it. Really was proper scary. I know that we've used that before, but so the vibes, really. The vibes in this one were and the, so good. The whole picture, like the setting, the costumes, everything about it, like the lighting. They were doing so much stuff with the lighting and like filters in this episode. It was real good. Yeah, I really liked how they kept the storm alive throughout the episode of just having the thunder and the lightning going off. It was great. Cody was out of town and I started watching it while he was out of town at like 10 o'clock at night and I was like, hmm. I'm not going to finish this. I'm going to shut it off and go to bed because I don't want to have nightmares tonight. (laughs) Yeah, I I was getting the feeling of like the early stage of uh, like a Friday the 13th or just like like a 70s or 80s horror film where like the kids are just gathering and just being crazy. Like that's the vibe I was getting. But it was it was like, what was it? 18... Oh nine or something like that? 1816? 18, yeah, 16, okay. 18. I think it's 1818. Maybe. Um, what it's a lot like uh, is, you know, a bunch of people running around a mansion, running away from monsters. It's kind of like Tooth and Claw, Alex. Maybe that's why I liked it so much. <laughs> it's, it's not like Tooth and Claw. <laughs> it's not even close. They didn't even I don't hate Tooth and Claw like you guys do, but I don't love it like Alex, so I'm I'm it's fine. You're fine being in the middle. They did run I around like a big old mansion for a while. It is cool too, because like Tooth and Claw was kind of a play on like the werewolf, obviously, and then this one is all of the like awesome horror monsters that come to be. And they like they're like they're all kind of touched on a little bit. Mostly Frankenstein, obviously, but there were like bits of other ones and I just oh, I love that. It was great. Yeah, it's a little on the nose when the dude who wrote Vampire is the one who, like, can't sleep and is, like, cursed to a life of constantly or always being awake. It's so cool, man. (laughs) God damn it, we found an episode we liked. What the hell are we supposed to talk about? (laughs) Uh, What about the doctor's new vest? It was fucking baller. But who, uh, who had the better shirt? Help. Doctor. Oh, the, no, the Chad dude. No. Oh, yeah. Like Master ah, Chad. Yeah, Lord Byron. Byron. It's not, no, it's fuckboy Byron. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Byron be banging. Byron be, well, he, yeah. He wanted to be also banging big everything fuckboy. in the room. Was he banging when he was hiding behind What's-Her-Face just holding her out, Shelly? <laughs> Yeah. Claire Claremont. Claremont. Whose name you could remember because it's the same name twice. Right. Uh, like that poor person. <laughs> when Byron was reading, or she was asking for like a horror novel, and then Byron started reading from it, you could tell her Jimmies were getting rustled. <laughs> I like when the team shows up and they're going over, don't mention Frankenstein, don't do this. And then uh, Yaz throws in, and nobody snog Byron. <laughs> yep. 
All right, man, did you see Mr. Shelley? He was a fucking smoke show. He was, oh. he was Chad boy, for sure. And that, the, that shot of him, like, walking along the lake yeah. by himself when he finds the Siberium, Jesus. Yeah, it's, it, it was like he was in a <laughs> Fabio shoot, like, just walking with his hair billowing. I really enjoyed uh, Fletcher, the butler or manservant. Oh, I was sad he died. Right? but like He was the, a bro. I just love that immediately when uh, Byron starts reading his scary book, or there was something right away in the beginning scene, and it's like, you know all of these people are just like young, horny things, and he's t- you just see him in the background, rolls his eyes, just like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, well, no, it was the doctor, it was the doctor. In and she was like, yeah. we are in the pinnacle of writing these amazing novels. I can't wait to see what they're doing. And then he rolls his eyes as he opens the door. Yeah, and they're the greatest minds of literature or whatever. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that scene, MVP. That was great. The scene where he whacks the dude with the chair, MVP. Um, this is the first time that somebody has, like, been sexually interested in the Doctor since Jody's played the character. And she shut that shit down, because she knows <laughs> a fuckboy when she He's, sees one. Yeah, it, it's a little bit different when he's sexually interested in everything that walks <laughs> yeah i was gonna say if if her and harkness ever met it would have been wild who are you talking about the doctor you're and saying if Captain. the doctor and jack met they would what, <laughs> what? no, no if... like huh <laughs> i said i said if the doctor and harkness ever met it wouldn't have been Byron as the first one. Like, Harkness would have been all over. Mm. No, Jack wouldn't do that to... He did it to Tennant. <laughs> Why wouldn't he do it to Jody? <laughs> he didn't do it to Tennant. He did it. To... He kissed Eccleston, but that was more of a friendly kiss. Mm. Okay. Then he kissed Graham, thinking he was the doctor. Yeah. But that was a callback, because it was the same kind of kiss, where he grabbed both sides of his face. Speaking of callbacks, somewhere in the story we get the Doctor saying, I refuse to lose anyone else to the Cybermen. A direct reference to Bill. Yeah. Aww. Aww. <laughs> and the Doctor still doesn't know she's alive. Or whatever she is. The Doctor had uh, some really good uh, like anger speeches in this one. It was awesome. Yeah, that's my one and only note is you guys were kind of bitching earlier, or some of you were, about the whole it's kind of a flat structure or flat structure model, um, like the hierarchy. And it might have been you, Cody, was just like none of the other doctors would ever have said that. And then here we find out it was all bullshit all along. Every It's a flat structure as long as like nothing's going wrong. Yeah, yeah she had a she had a really good line there. It was like. The, the structure's not flat, it's mountainous, and I'm at the pinnacle or something like that. You guys Some are all it. trash, completely Ugh. beneath the doctor. Your brains are small and primitive. Let me save your life. Yep, that's there's uh, quite a few reasons why this episode is the tits, man. <laughs> <laughs> I also liked having some timey-wimeyness. 
Feels like maybe it hasn't been that long since we've had that. But it's always nice to have timey, timey episodes. You just mean that they're in the past? Yeah, well, but there's like a little bit of playing with like, aren't they different dimensions? No, it's just an illusion that the Siberians created. Oh, right. It's the filter. Well, we kind of saw some timey-wimey stuff because you saw Shelly's death. Is that who it was? (laughs) Yeah. Like a little piece of it? Yeah, it was Shelly's death. The guy Shelly, not Mary Shelly. Yeah, Percy. Yeah, just kind of like... Flat, fast forward. Apparently, that's a, something the doctor could do now. Oh, I'm just going to show him his death so the Siberian <laughs> thinks he's dead. Well, she said it was a, it was like a cheap Time Lord trick where you can push the brain to it the end of its is, life. It always isn't it? it? Oh, man. Like, it was so cool. But also, <laughs> once he saw that... You would never go next to water, <laughs> ever. What? You wouldn't even yeah. shower. Cut to them outside. He's like holding his baby and they're right next to the yeah. lake. I'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> Makes no sense. <laughs> it was, yeah, that was, that. like, just that. It was like, oh, man. Because, I mean, that, that could change the trajectory, right? Because if he doesn't die at a certain point, like, stuff could happen and mess with time, right? Nah, it's Final Destination yeah. stuff. Reapers. Water would find him. They're bringing the Reapers back. <laughs> No, she flat out tells him, like, yeah, you're really going to die that way. And they're like, well, don't have much time left. Better make it all count. Yeah. Like, that's insane. <laughs> that's just that. That was that's kind of I guess that would be a criticism I would have is the doctor is like straight up messing with time in that instance, in my opinion. Well, she's specifically not messing with time in order to keep everything the same. She just showed him the future, which the doctor does all the time. Yeah, but foreknowledge could also be detrimental to the time continuum. Yeah, but she just knows that fool can't stay away from water. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking loves water. <laughs> just move to the desert. As as the as the doctor's leaving, she just throws a coin in the water and be like, he'll see it, he'll go after it, he'll die. <laughs> this fucker will grab anything. It's terrible. How do you feel about two real-life historical figures who are father and daughter being in the same season in different stories. What did you just say? Who and Hold what on, now? What? Huh? Father and daughter. So the baby? Who's okay, what now? So who's, like, who's, who's father? <laughs> Lord, Lord Byron is Ada Lovelace's dad. I couldn't under... I couldn't understand what they said. He said something about his daughter and i was like oh okay yeah that one just got pushed off it did yeah (laughs) as like that doesn't matter that's i I don't know which it doesn't doesn't matter but i i can't like sit here and be like it blew my mind because i don't fucking know (laughs) it was just weird clearly chibnall has like a fixation on that family i'm trying to think so ada was the was the badass lady that shot the machine gun with tesla right okay not with tesla in spyfall part two for some reason, I thought the, the, like, the, where she meets Ada in that, like, exhibit where they have all of the scientists there. For some reason, I thought that was Tesla, too. That, that, hey, those two are, like, merging. We know that's what you thought. Oh, God. Tesla-esque. They're relatively similar yeah. time periods. And it's science-y, so. 
Well, actually, they're about 80 years apart. <laughs> I mean, what is time? Baby, <laughs> don't hurt me. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> what? You're welcome, listeners. Anything else? <laughs> so hard to talk about good episodes. It kind of uh, really is. Ashad was scary. The house Ash- was spoopy. Ashad was so fucking good. Ashad completely flipped all Cybermen on their ass. They, they raised the bar so high that I have a feeling the next time we just have a thump thump Cybermen episode, I'm going to be mad. It's going to be garbage. The we n- gotta got to talk about the murdered. actual ghosts. Like, what do yeah. you guys think of the actual ghosts oh, that God. only Graham saw? Is that real life? Like, to hell with them. They didn't play any part. They were just there. Good, good on It was fucking scary. Yeah, right. Well, they're not harmful, though. They literally just stood there and stared at Graham. Yeah, just you you could argue. And they brought him food. Right. (laughs) True, yeah. You could argue the Cyberman didn't do anything either. The Cyberman Cyberman fucking murdered a nanny. Snapped her goddamn neck in a box holding a baby. We all know Alex doesn't care about the help. Jesus. (laughs) Hey, I was sad about the butler dying. (laughs) But that maid could go to hell. I I totally forgot about the maid because it's like two seconds and... She was barely like she that was, was like, such what, a two good death, there. Easy, buddy. She what did she matter? I'm I'm saying it's a forgettable character. Fuck. <laughs> what did you guys think of the uh, running to the crib and then pulling the blanket away and it's the skull in hand? Jill's that's terrifying. That. Yeah. Spoopy. Yeah. That's, so is that spoop. that's perception filter? No, that was the skeleton that was running around. Yeah, what was the, making it run around? Was the, the perception baby. filter. <laughs> Wait, was that an actual... Per- like, no, because they smashed it, and the doctor, like, sonicked it and tasted it. So it, that was, like, real. Well, yeah, yeah the doctor said it was, real. Like, magic. Why did Lord Byron have a skeleton? You don't? Is that real? Was that, like, a real thing? I'm sure. Yeah, you keep your ancestors in the crypt below your castle. People, this I, was I in know. his office in a jar. And some people, you know, different strokes for different folks. No, I'm sure it's like, you know, people who are, you know, rich and learned, like, have, like, anatomy. Like, uh, eccentric things like that. Yeah, like, exhibits in their study or around their house. And he carries it with him for inspiration? For spoops. Also, what Chicks is this house? It. What? Okay, I just googled this, and it says Lord Byron used a skull his gardener had found at Newstead Abbey as a drinking vessel. He's messed up. <laughs> That's fucking alpha as shit, dude. Chad, fuck boy, hell yeah. <laughs> People love that dude. Because he's, like, creepy. He's, like, over the top. Like, that's what makes people love people. Like Tesla. <laughs> well, Tesla was a little crazy. When you're young and rich in, like, the early 1800s, like, what are you, you going to spend your time doing? Being fucking weird. Drinking <laughs> out of a skull, apparently. Why didn't the psychic paper work? Because it was wet. It could have been the Siberium, too. Maybe it doesn't work Probably inside was. of a. Oh, I oh okay. Siber- Maybe it's Siberium. like the creative minds it doesn't work on. Oh, yeah. that that could be too. My brain thought 
none of them can read. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's pointless. Because it was, it was <laughs> They're also all famous affecting... writers. I know. <laughs> it's like, that's not right. Because it was also affecting the doctor's thinking pattern. She mentioned yeah. that several times. Like, sh- her brain was fuzzy. Like, yeah. she, couldn't, she couldn't think. So it was obviously, I mean, obviously it's a, it's changing everybody's perception. So it is some kind of uh, psychic link. Oh, so yeah. if it's a, And with yeah. a perception filter, maybe that blocks off the use of a, another perception filter of the psychic paper. Yeah. So it was just clue number one. That's really cool. It is. Do you guys know if the big storm that was happening that whole time? Because the doctor had mentioned this this storm happened from these for these months and historians attributed it to this, but it was actually the Cybermen. Like, is that is that like big Did you weather thing? Almost a thing? Google it. No, I didn't even I try. Did. Okay. Uh, is that weather thing? Is really real. a months long storm? Yeah. Something like yeah. It's that's the... really good writing. I love that shit. That's so good. Just taking something that's like semi unexplained and then like weaseling in Doctor Who. Oh. Well, I'd say it probably happened that Chibnall told um Maxine Alderton that he wanted a Frankenstein story that had a Cyberman in it, and she started or I mean they they have a writer's room, so it was a bunch of people putting their heads together, but she eventually went off to write it. And then, you know, you're writing about Mary Shelley and Lord Byron and all them, so you look up what, you know, what happened over that three days when they wrote all these stories. Oh, there's a giant fucking storm. So cool. I mean, that's why they were stuck in and decided to have this writing contest that birthed oh. all these stories. Because normally they would, what, like go ride horses and look yeah, down Yeah, the whole reason they were there people. was to like okay. be in the country and do country stuff. And gotcha. it, like this story opens with um, Claire Claremont bitching about, or no, it was uh, Byron bitching about being stuck inside again because of the storm. Yeah, I just don't understand what rich people do in big houses. <laughs> Fuck. I mean, yeah, but... <laughs> the spirit is willing. The flesh. <laughs> yes, according to Wikipedia, it was a three-day storm that kept them inside in June. Yeah, three days. And, uh, uh, sorry, I'm also looking it up, too. But, yeah, it says it was caused by uh, Mount Tambora that erupted Uh Oh, that's right. The it year was ash before. in the atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. And then the volcanic winter that dropped all of the temperatures for the summer. So and then it was food shortages. Cyberman ship in the sky. Yes. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> that's the real reason. Did anyone else hate that Ryan was playing chopsticks? No. <laughs> no. Nope. Charming that. and lovely. Yeah, Jill's like, wrong note. Almost. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I tell Cody that's what he sounds like when he tries to play the piano. Oh, I'm not even that good. True. I don't know. But I feel like if you know chopsticks, you know chopsticks. Like, if you know the first eight but notes of Fur Elise, you just know it and don't forget it. Remember, he has a condition. Yeah, he can't stand up straight. Or play the piano. <laughs> he has a coordination <laughs> disorder. Yeah, not, so, not like, scoliosis. Hand-eye coordination <laughs> is... <laughs> hard 
I okay. <laughs> kind of required to play the piano. I don't know the the fine details of Ryan's condition. They they oh, it's, for we're on the Ryan second having season a of condition. A they really <laughs> don't bring that into any sort of plot or character development yeah, huh? anyway. They talk we talked about, about him it last week, a the week before that, <laughs> the week before. They talk about him uh, climbing a ladder. No, but they talk. I mean, we as a podcast have talked about his dyspraxia very often, including the one I just put up today. Give it a listen. Uh, not to derail the conversation, uh, yelling at Cody, but. Uh, the the basement scene <laughs> was really scary too. Like when the lady walks in and then like the the candle flips out and Blair. then everyone just sits still in the basement. It was great. That was a really good scene. And then she said like I think something's in here with us. And then it was like a cut. <laughs> oh man, I was so too. Scary. I was too anxious watching that scene because I knew Ashad was coming and I knew that was a better part. So I was like didn't give a shit about anything that was going on but because i already knew it was going to happen it's just cool the, the the way they did a lot of these uh like just like mini horror scenes were great yeah oh it's great when you're you know when you're tasked with introducing what's essentially like an ongoing villain or like the big bad of the season but it's like, oh, but just do it in the, like the last 15 minutes and then come up with some bullshit story for 25 minutes or 30 minutes. It's like, oh, great. So I don't even get like enough time to write a whole story, but I have to like <laughs> yeah. keep the vibe and, you know, create this environment for this big bad to show up. And I think she did awesome. Yeah. Y'all, y'all follow that Frankenstein-esque inspiration of the Cyberman being mm-hmm. charged <laughs> up by a lightning bolt. Yeah, and there was uh, there's speculation like up to like a year before this, because oh, someone said there's gonna be a Mary Shelley episode, like in Doctor Amazing, like someone official, and everyone's like, oh, it's gonna be the Cyberman one then, because why wouldn't it be a Cyberman <laughs> episode? Yeah, Matt from Neither the Time Nor Space. I'm listening to their twelfth season, like reviews right now, and he's constantly guessing Frankenstein in every single episode. <laughs> So I kind of laughed when this one came up because I was like, oh. It, what season? 12? What's Capaldi? Because we're no, watching the 12th 12, season. Not 12. <laughs> um, Capaldi's first season. Oh, like what all the Missy stuff is? Yes. Oh, his other big guess as the season goes on is he keeps thinking that she's the Christian god. Yes. I just I actually just <laughs> finished their season finale. He never says it without saying the Christian God <laughs> says it also, that way. He was spoiled that the master came back that season and he never figured it out. And I was so excited the whole season listening. I was like, is he going to get it? Is he going to get it? He never did. He couldn't think of the master as a woman. Never occurred to him. So great. I loved it. I was so excited the whole season. <laughs> the The whole chopsticks thing, which is where this conversation started... Um, was really just a device so that Ryan could have yet another heart-to-heart with a pretty girl while sitting down. And so it's all about (laughs) him telling her, like, this is hard for me, but I keep trying, so you should keep trying to write. And then it culminates in the very last scene together where he's like, oh, you know, you can keep writing if you want to, and big smile on her face, and then the doctor's like, yeah, good job, Ryan. (laughs) 
Now she'll definitely write that book, even though her husband's going to die any day now. I didn't know that Mary Shelley is the person who wrote Frankenstein, so I learned that today. Oh, might I direct you to a Julia Roberts movie called Mary Shelley's Frankenstein? Mm, No, thanks. I will continue to watch Doctor Who. I haven't seen it. This episode is kind of making me want to do the thing that, uh, oh, fuck, uh, Gunslingers did. Where I just want to watch like Frankenstein, <laughs> Tombstone, like documentaries. <laughs> Should we just go about... watch Tombstone again? <laughs> well, I did watch Tombstone, but like, no, I was saying like this episode, I just want to watch like the beginnings of like the horror tropes, you know. And the so, first like, Frankenstein movie is legit good. Yeah, the old black and white one. Yeah, Boris Karloff. You could you could just read the story. Yeah. How many how many pages? What are we talking? <laughs> Between ten and a thousand. Oh god, that's so many pages. <laughs> What's real big writing? If it was eight, he would have read it for sure. Uh, ah. Yeah. Is there an audiobook of of Frankenstein? <laughs> I'm sure there's a thousand. I, probably. <laughs> I mean, it's public domain now, so anyone can do whatever they want with Frankenstein. Um. Speaking of, there's a lot of, like, kind of eye-rolly references to Frankenstein and vampire. Like, we already mentioned the vampire one. But uh, the most eye-rolly one is when Mary Shelley calls Ashad um, a modern Prometheus. Because that's, like, the full title of her novel. It's Frankenstein colon a modern Prometheus or something like that. How about some tweets? Yeah, tweets. Nikafor's focus at jury of underscore one says, very excited to hear what people have to say about this one. Probably my favorite of Jody's episodes so far. It's great to finally see, see some tension between her and the fam, and the episode all around is very well written and directed. The way this episode embraces gothic horror is fantastically creepy, and despite some pretty big loose ends, it does have a strong identity as an episode on its own. Maxine Alderton seems to be the only writer so far to juggle the fam fairly, and all of them get nice moments, especially 13's speech about the team structure being mountainous. Also think Ashad is a really strong villain, and nearly forgot to mention the guest cast, who were also great. Very good episode. Hell yeah. This this is a spoiler, but I've been thinking the whole time who my MVP is going to be, and it has to be the Doctor, like, she really like stole the show on this. Like when she was on screen, she took over the screen, which I don't think Jody does a whole lot. So I completely agree. But the butler. They they had a fun <laughs> relationship though. Like I don't know. I just I thought she was really dynamic in this story. Yes. Passion Fruit Santa Jar Candle at B underscore bird underscore moth says this is my favorite episode of Whitaker's era so far. It's just so polished. The comedy is on point. The characters are interesting and actually talk slash behave like people of that time period would. The mystery is great. The editing is really good. I'm always a sucker for episodes where the Doctor loses. The lone Cyberman was a well-timed twist and an awesome design and execution. The patchwork rusted aesthetic is super creepy and the performance is unflinchingly brutal. The concept art for the character was even cooler IMO. But 10 out of 10 episode as is. So what I'm hearing is it's all downhill from here. (laughs) He said so far. Yeah. 
That means they're no of Jody's era. I thought he they meant like total. Saying. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> <laughs> we forgot to mention uh, Ryan's duel. Like that. Well, it that didn't dude happen. is insane. I know, but like, he's just I'm gonna go get my gun and I'm gonna shoot you. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. What? Have you not seen Hamilton? No. Seems like commonplace. It, it's, it's, it seems very common. Is that normal? Like that was a thing. Like if you if you just like came across as off to a person, they'd be like, "I challenge you to a duel. I'm well, gonna he, shoot you." He insulted him. Told him he looks like shit and needs to take a nap. He better not go to New York. Like, did New York never <laughs> insult people? Like, you yelled at on the street. Hey, I'm fucking walking here. Get my blunderbuss, Susie. <laughs> oh, my blunderbuss. Did the did the words "a hey, fuck you" just never happen? Hey, fuck you, buddy. <laughs> like, um, this isn't I America. Do love, <laughs> I do love Claire just rolling her eyes and going he does this all the time <laughs> yeah that's insane to me like it's it's just a completely normal thing i don't yeah. get duels how, how do duels work dear british fans was dueling we had a duels, thing we had duels in the <laughs> u.s a thing here yeah there's a famous abraham lincoln story of dueling with his best friend it's like the one thing he doesn't didn't ever want to talk about because it was like the one shame of his life cody oh, hamilton wow. is from America, like that was based in America. America. Like what we're talking about no, oh, hold, is hold up, America. Hold up, hold up. Was Hamilton born in America? No, but they lived here while the duels that we were just talking about was happened. Hamilton born in America. That's not what I said. <laughs> oh, he was born in the British Virgin Islands, which are pretty much America. <laughs> no wonder he's such a Chad. We can't take down by Cuba. <laughs> Whoa! Get a shift on. Cody, I'm looking up. You're looking up Jefferson Duel, uh, White no, House Lawn. Looking up when were duels outlawed in America? Never. They're I still legal. I think that they were technically always illegal, but people just did them. Eighteen states outlawed it in 1859, which is 40 Ooh. years after this story, and it. Wow. But it was still pretty common in the South and the West, even after. It was outlawed in 18 states. Typical was it because self. people were just wiling out? Like, they were just not giving a fuck? And then they're like, okay, we gotta put a cap on this. Like, but then even the Wild West, like, the Wild West... That's what they the, said, yeah. It was still pretty common in the West and the yeah, South. The high noon, like, meet me at noon, like, <laughs> gun noon shootouts. <laughs> Seems kind of yeah, weird, man. right? If two people want to shoot at each other and it's, it's uh, consensual, like, why not? Because it's never done in a non-populated area. Well, <laughs> that's okay. I, well, that's that's the rule. That's the rule. Their Don't do that. Their guns went like fifty yards. Pretty sure it's fine. It barely broke the skin. Ode underscore Ali at Ode underscore Ali. This is one of my favorite episodes of the series, and possibly the favorite. It sets up so much, but doesn't forget to tell a good story too. All the characters seem so real and fleshed out, even down to the sardonic butler. They're all portrayed well enough to familiarize the audience, but not pure exposition. The nobody snog Byron line tells us exactly what to expect from him, as well as being funny. But that's portrayed without turning into a stereotype, as is achieved for all the main characters. Even before the Cybermen reveal, the episode's genuinely creepy. 
really takes advantage of the darkness and utilizes it to its full effect. And the ghost that Graham encounters just adds to that so well coupled with the final reveal of there being no explanation for them. And when the Cyberman does happen, it's magnificent. The creepiness is still there, but the atmosphere changes to tense and malevolent. The episode gets properly, totally fine. Huh? <laughs> I don't think that's what we meant to say. Just from Ashad's presence. This episode really makes the Cyberman scary again, and in a completely new way. The idea of someone willingly converting themselves out of self-hatred is horrifying, but shown so well. Patrick O'Kane is incredible, plays a shout with such unrelenting evil and creates so much tension without becoming hammy. He's tied with the master for me as the best villain of the series and definitely the scariest. The scene with a shot and the baby is so unbearably tense, even knowing that Doctor Who would never kill a baby, you still believe that it might happen. And the way he talks to it is so creepy too. And the reason he gives for sparing its life is both brutal and heartbreaking, especially if you know what happened to the child in real life. I do not. Oh, shit. Wait, what? Someone Google Shelly's baby. <laughs> I think it was uh, that it died of typhoid. Oh. Oh, died of typhoid? I think so. Uh, the scene between Mary and Ashad is incredible. We momentarily get hope and what seems like an actual connection before it's brutally ripped away. And Ashad's backstory is so horrific, too. The awful way he describes killing his own children is one of the most disturbing who scenes ever. Using Shelly as the target for Ashad was a little predictable, as he was the... As he was the only one not where he was supposed to be, but it's still so effective. The scenes of him possessed by the Siberiad are played well, as is his reaction to the Doctor saving him. Um, the way the Doctor saves him with the old Time Lord trick is such a horrifying idea, being forced to see your own death in order to save your life. Uh, such a terrifying concept, especially if it's drowning. And I think that's shown well here. I think Jody gets better with every episode. She's outstanding in this episode. The journey the Doctor goes through in this story from light to so much darkness is incredible. Jody only lets the Doctor's state of mind out in small ways at first, snapping at the fam and very quickly getting frustrated, frustrated with Byron's flirting. But then letting it escalate to essentially having a breakdown, fully letting her mask of happiness fall. The speech about the decisions she has to make are incredible, and Jodie performs it so well, really showing the struggles she goes through with every time she faces impossible odds, and changing her line on the team structure really puts her apart from the fam, reiterating her nature and her role, and how little the fam actually understands what she does. The way Jodie shows all that through just her voice is magnificent. Getting more of the darker side of 13 is intriguing. Having lighter comedy moments... Uh, among the horror really work to contrast and accentuate the creepiness. The Snogging Byron line uh, is great, as is Graham quoting Austin and the Doctor's reaction. Even if it did seem like Graham is mostly just the comic relief in this, he's kind of been that the whole season. It's always nice when Yaz actually gets to do something, and she's great in the moment she gets in this, especially the conversation with Claire, which definitely set certain corners of Twitter on fire. You guys don't really know this, but there's a huge, like, desire for Yaz to be gay and there's a lot of uh yaz and the doctor shippers out there uh ending the episode with a lead into the next works well building up the tension and the excitement for what's coming and the danger they set up really adds to that uh leaving the story on a byron poem describes the importance and the goodness of the doctor and what she does even when there's darkness and i think that's such a quick note to end the story on 
don't think quick was the word you meant to say. I'm excited for what's to come. I'm very intrigued as to Jake's plans, given you've only got three to watch. You're not going to like them. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's going to be, it's going to blow everybody away. Thanks for your tweets. If you'd like to participate and tweet along with us in our episodes, you can do so by following us on Twitter, Married to Who Pod. Alex, please give me the fun fact theme song. I only have one. The Cyberman's incomplete cyber suit is a unique patchwork design consisting of a new Cyberman helmet atop a body that is mostly the 2013 Nightmare in Silver design. The lower legs are the 2006, like, uh, alternate Earth Cybermen, and the left arm is, like, the new old Cybermen from Bill's episode, like the Mondasian Cybermen. So it's fun that they use a bunch of different parts from existing Cybermen that we've seen over the last 15 years, but put together to make something new. I liked it. Neat. Alex gave me the MVP theme song. MVP. Alex, use your MVP. I'm going to give it to the writing. I loved how they took real-life events, real-life people, and just kind of weaved in the Doctor Who sci-fi shit. Ah, it was great. It's super good. Maxine Alderton. Jill. I already MVP'd mine. I mean, I gave it away, but it's definitely Jody. I really liked her performance of the Doctor in this story. That it really stood out among others, especially. Terry. I'm giving mine to Patrick O'Kane, who was a shod. Cody. A Jody Whitaker. Ooh, not where I thought you were going. Where'd you think I was going, Jake? I thought you were going to say Patrick O'Kane also. Ah, I I felt that, but I can't agree with Terry all the time. <laughs> Sam? Uh, I think I'm going to go with the butler, because every scene he was in, <laughs> I laughed out loud, actually. <laughs> well, I don't have his name written down, so someone figure out his name. His Stephane... name is the butler. The it, actor's name. Al Ste- Butlero. Yes. <laughs> oh, jeez. It's Stefan. Stefan. Sorry. Stefan. Uh, Bednark Sig. Oh, my God. I, All right. I'm sort of stuck with the butler. <laughs> I'm going to put it in the Discord, but I don't know how to say the last name. You don't know how to say his first name. We can tell, <laughs> Terry. Stefan Bednarsik. I'm going to go with the writer also, Maxine Alderton. Fucking well done. It is now time for everybody's favorite podcast game, the podcast game. We're a podcast, we're going to play a game. Hell yeah. We're going to do something a little different this time. It is everyone for themselves. Fuck. No no. no teams. Oh, wow. Welcome to my how, level. No. Hold on. How do we do this? I'm in the same room Why as Jill. Even be married? I don't give a fuck how you do it. No. Um, <laughs> everyone needs <laughs> some way to like write it down or type it or something. 
Because I'm going to ask you six questions. You just write your answer down. Your answer is going to be a number for every single one of them, Jill. You're going to be fine. Terry, do you have your quill and your parchment? And my inkwell. In this game, I'm going to give you and show you an actor from Doctor Who. From some episode that we've seen. Oh, no. They're all well-known people. I doubt that. The pictures, they're all like companions and doctors. (laughs) The pictures are from now. Your job is to tell me how old that actor is. IRL. Whatever number you say versus the real number, the, the difference will be your score. Oh, gosh. Lowest score wins. But our listeners can't play. Well, I'm going to say it out loud, too. This was inspired by Cody's inability to know how old people are. Is it? (laughs) I'm really bad at that. Is true. So how old they are now? Right now. Okay. Right. Furkin now. Right. (laughs) Wait. Wait. Now. Is everybody ready? Yes. You're not timed. We can talk about it. You can talk out loud. Just don't say a number. Just be like, oh, wow. First one. Free management. Banging. This, this is her now. <laughs> you Now. We have said her age so many times. That's why I'm starting with her. It's an oh, easy one. Man. But the problem is I don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> also, this is from her TV show she's on right now. So she's a little made up. Maybe looks a little different than she does IRL. Okay, I'm ready. If I learned anything on TikTok, she she could actually be 95. Have you seen the girl on TikTok who doesn't have teeth and she looks... Yeah. Like, yes. And then she does her makeup and puts her dentures in? Yeah. 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 It's crazy. It's wild. It's wild. Is everybody ready for the next one? Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. This man, Christopher Eccleston. From his Instagram. Oof, this one. He Instagrams like me. (laughs) Holding his phone out as far as his arms go. Hey, at least he knows the rule of thirds. Is anyone going to discuss these things, or are we just keeping our cards close to our chest? You can discuss, just, you could talk about it, maybe try to throw people off, say like, oh man, look how good he looks, he must be 27 years old. I like how you say throw them off, and then go into basically saying he's old. (laughs) This, I mean, look at that beard. There's no way. Whatever. All right. Yeah, no, he's super young. Alex, I can't believe you haven't sang the song. That's his caption yet. Oh, I didn't even read it. <laughs> oh, freedom. Freedom. <laughs> Everyone ready for the next one? Yeah. yeah. Billy Piper. The Piper Nader. This is her on the red carpet for her new movie that just came out. Holy I'm, shit. I almost don't recognize the her. The cheekbone <laughs> yeah. shadowing is insane. I'm also, mm-hmm. also going to post a picture from her house on her Instagram. A little different looking. Now I recognize less her. Yeah. There you are, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Billy. How old is Billy? 75 for sure. <laughs> <laughs> is it weird that I call her just Billy? <laughs> I feel that's weird. <laughs> Be weird if you just called her Piper. Hey, everyone ready? <laughs> yeah. 
This is from around the holidays during a Zoom with David Tennant where they were playing characters for comic relief. It's Catherine Tate. Mm. Mm. She have a now, mask she's clearly house. well lit. It <laughs> she's got that big old ring light in front of her. Comedic relief. And she's doing one of her well-known characters where she's like a a school, like a high schooler, and David Tennant was playing her teacher. It's actually a really funny sketch. I I didn't it. realize that Catherine Tate had the Catherine Tate show. Like she has a show. Oh yeah, she's well. She's been doing like some of the characters like on stage lately or over the last ten years to like huge acclaim. Like she's very famous. I don't want to like put ages here and then like make them super old when they're not super old. I feel like. Jake, Terry, and I have uh, a one-up on that one because we like we've seen her in person. I have hugged her in person. Yeah, so it's like a little, but know, and little none different. of that was. Did I like feel her age rings? Forty-two-year-old hip here. <laughs> Are her boobs real or fake, though? <laughs> I don't have a comment. <laughs> to the next one. Speaking of old as shit. Bernard Cribbins. Oh, Bernard. Geez. Oh, he's on the left, looking fucking Wolf. good. <laughs> All I could find for a recent picture. So this is obviously before the pandemic. Um, so add two years or whatever. But this is during an event. This lady. It was on her, like Instagram. I would put him all over my Instagram. Not a day over 40. Yeah, maybe Adorable. 30 years ago. <laughs> Oof. Oof. <laughs> All right, we got Sam's answer. <laughs> okay, everyone has to keep their own score, please. Wasn't there six? Yeah. Oh, sorry, I, I had, had one five. more. My bad. Job Arrowman! Now, all of his Instagram are videos, so I had to take a screenshot of a video, so it might be a little fuzzy, but, uh... We, you could have just said John Barrowman. I'm going back and changing ages as we go through this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Nah. I did run into the trap where it's like, I can't get the same number for two people. They, I, there's no way they could be yep, the same. Yep, I definitely... That's why I'm changing numbers. I'm a fan of the number three, apparently. It shows up a lot. <laughs> Is everybody ready? No. Already. Okay, everyone, again, keep your own score, please. So how do you, hold on, how do you keep score again? What's the rule? The, the difference. difference between what you say and what it actually is. And so higher sc highest score loses, lowest score wins. If, if you have a question about what 8 plus 6 is, I'll tell you. If Just ask. If my answers are bad, I'm not telling you my score. <laughs> so you are. Does this mean you could be negative? Because like if you guessed high and no. it's low, then you're negative? No. The, the no. Difference. difference just means the difference between two numbers. It doesn't have a oh. direction. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> First, Freema Ajaman. Joe Jeff. 42. Alex. 41. I mean, Sam. 42. I, <laughs> I said 45 because I remember, like, she's older than she looks. Cody. 43. Terry. 38. 
42. Oh, Holy wow. shit. Oh, shit. Wait. I win. So does that mean Jill gets zero points? Yes. Zero points. Wow. It's like She parred. <laughs> oh, she parred, yeah. Well, I want a birdie. All right. It is now Christopher Eccleston. Jill, we'll go back to you. I put Eric Middleton, and I said 56. Alex? 53. Sam? Ooh, I put... I don't want to say. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to hear this. 68. I, I had 55, and I went back and changed it to 60. Cody? 55. How dare you, Sam? Terry? I also said 55. 57. Jill's closest again. Oh, Jill, we need you to drop a bomb here. Well, maybe. All right. Catherine she Tate. works with old nope. people. This Try is unfair. Billy Piper. Billy Piper. The double photo. Oh, God. Yeah, well, I, I hope this number isn't go, Catherine Tate. Do we have to go in a particular order? <laughs> no. Yes. Yeah. But my okay, cursor sorry. is already there. We live in a society. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Billy Piper. Jill. 34. Oh. Oh. Alex. I did 43. Ugh. Sam? So I did the math of subtracting when she started from the date because I kind of thought I knew her age. I said 36. Cody? We don't need your work, Sam. <laughs> 41. Sh show your work. Terry? <laughs> 41. She's 38. Ooh. Oh, man. She's six months older than me. <laughs> Damn. And you've already accomplished way more than she has. You have a podcast. <laughs> yeah, but we were both pop stars when we were teenagers. Ah. <laughs> Catherine Tate. Catherine Tate. Joe, what'd you get? 48. Alex? Oh, oh no. <laughs> There's the bomb. <laughs> oh, I, see I did I did 57. <laughs> so you're saying the same age as Eccleston. Uh uh, Sam? No. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. 55. Cody? 56. I'm so proud of all of us. Terry? 53. 52. Ah. Uh, Damn, like we're actually close. This man. is weird. Yeah, I'm really impressed with myself. <laughs> yeah, but this next one. Hold on. Yeah, this next one's going to be a breaker <laughs> this here. Is the He's either okay. 104... <laughs> Bernard Cribbins. Nice. Jill, what do you got? I feel like I want to change my number. I did 83, but I feel Ooh, weird. That's, this is the one I'm most scared on. I'm in the ballpark. Alex? 88. Holy shit. Sam? I, I said he was young at 75. Cody? 78. In retrospect, probably older. Yeah. Terry? Well, coming in at 73. He is 93 years old. Oh, oh God, I got to get the calculator. It's amazing. Hold I on. just is, added 20 points. Is he points. married? <laughs> I don't know the answer to that. Because all of our bachelor men at the nursing home like look significantly younger than there are. they are, and I don't uh, think it's a coincidence. So it's the, <laughs> the being run down by having a spouse? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> also, they're all the cutest, except one. I would have went the other way and be like, they're single, so they're trying to attract. But <laughs> you go with your thing, Jake. <laughs> like, in 
Doctor Who, he played someone who was alive during World War II. So, you know, that was 80-some years ago, or 80 years ago. Yeah. Um, last is old uh, get-your-dick-out John Barrowman. Get it out. No, no. <laughs> Jill. 54. Alex. 56. Sam. 55. Oh, Cody. We're, we're tight group. 62. <laughs> <laughs> Terry. 51. I want to say he's like 43, but no, he's 54. Yes. yes. <laughs> Jill, what's your total score? 19. Jeez. Alex? Oh, God, I got a math. Jill wins. No one has to math. Jill wins. We still want to know what everyone has. I did get two zeros. Do I get a special prize? I got 22. <laughs> you get to be married to Alex. Uh, Sam? She already lost. <laughs> uh, I got 30 because Dane Cause Wilfred. Because Cody? <laughs> 34. Yeah, Cody, I think you got 20 on Murdered Cribbins. Oh, yeah. Got a, got a uh, big old beefcake on that one. Terry? <laughs> 33. Oh, Terry wasn't last for the first time in months. Yeah. What did you get, Joe? 19. Damn, dude. You were close. Yeah, we were close. I didn't know you were that good. Yeah. Alex, even that paper crumpled theme song. This has been our episode on the haunting of Villa Diodati. If you'd like to participate with us on our socials, you can do so on Twitter, Married to Who Pod, on Instagram, Married to Who, or you can email us at marriedwho at gmail.com. If you want to listen to this podcast, you can do so on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on our website, marriedwho.com. On behalf of myself, Jake, Cody, Sam, Jill, Alex, Producer Terry, thank you so much for listening. Please join us next time for Ascension of the Cybermen. Do 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 do